Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Back Shoulder Fade, the new and improved Back Shoulder Fade, as we have said in the past episode, season two, episode three. Uh, and while this is a football podcast, I got my man here, Josh Sampson. We just got done watching the Hawks game, which went down to the wire. Go Hawks. Trey got that last bucket. Uh, but nonetheless, we're here to talk about football instead of basketball. And uh, with that being said, man, we're going to get right into it, man. We got some nice topics at hand. Uh, this one should be a little bit shorter, I guess. Uh, we'll see. Uh, but that being said, my man to my uh, right here, Josh Sampson, is in the building. My brother, how are you doing? I'd be a little happier the Lakers won today. <laughs> yeah, I didn't catch that one, uh, but I did see the highlights. Yeah, I caught yeah. all of it. I, don't know. I wish I didn't. It was a, uh, it's a, it was a horrible performance. It was rough to watch on a Sunday afternoon, but um, you know, Tuesday we'll be we'll be back at it. So right, right. Other that, than that, other than that, I feel good, man. Um, ready for another episode, man. We got. I think people are gonna love this one. It's a. Uh, it's, uh, kind of a nostalgia trip yeah yeah um, we went back in the past didn't we yeah which yeah, i mean yeah. those are always fun yeah but yeah man uh so yeah like josh said i mean i guess i'll just go ahead and uh segue into what he was saying we're gonna talk about and uh we'll do it at the back end of this podcast uh, because it's more of a listicle type deal but our favorite college players um of recent time and when we say recent time we're talking about within like 25 years so we ain't go too too far back Again, I guess we're telling our ages when I say that, but but at the same time, um, yeah, we got some interesting names on this list, and um, I think one of which uh, me and Josh share. Uh, so stay tuned for that at the back half of this podcast. But for the first half, we're gonna talk. Um, we're gonna well, I wanted to talk about the NFC South and do a preview of that division, but somehow or another, we um, instead decided to take. Another topic at hand from the NFC South, uh, because it's been, you know, one of the big deals in the news. Last week it was Tebow. Uh, feel free to reference last week's episode to see that. But this week has been a lot of talk about Julio Jones. And while um, I haven't been following it super closely because this has been a busy week for me, I do think I recall them saying that while the Falcons haven't necessarily expressed interest in letting him go or haven't been the ones to initiate the interest, uh, they're listening. So that always, you know what I'm saying? That doesn't necessarily mean he'll get traded either, but they're not flat out denying people. That's the point. And when they're not flat out denying people and you get, I see here, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams in the mix, it becomes a bidding war, ladies and gentlemen. And then take it from all the writing I've done this is what happened. It becomes a bidding war. The next team tries to one up the next team in terms of compensation. And then at some point it could get to the point where it's very intriguing. And it's an offer that the Falcons can't pass up. Now, again, we'll see if he gets traded. I, uh, I guess I'll start by saying this. I personally don't think the Falcons should trade him. And again, look, I I'm a Falcons fan secondarily. Of course, I'm a jazz fans for a uh, jazz fan first, but I grew up in between, you know, the midway point of Atlanta and Jacksonville, basically. So I watched both teams growing up. Um, now with the Falcons, I've you know I've been more casual with it the last two years because obviously uh, with the Jaguars and covering them, I had to pay a lot of attention to them. But in the case of you know Julio Jones, the reason I feel like they especially shouldn't trade him, and this is my biggest concern, as everybody always uh, already know, they just got 
a new GM, right, um, Josh? His name is Terry Fontenot, African-American, right? They already don't give us a lot of opportunities or the amount of time that other GMs get in this league as it is. So Terry Fontenot, by trading his arguably one of his best players on the team, if not the best player on the team, uh, he's not putting himself in a predicament where he can win and stay around long. That's my biggest concern with it. And that's my biggest issue with it is I want to see Terry Fontenot succeed. You know, he comes from the Saints tree. Uh, that's where uh, I guess he was um, one of their executives in their front office or whatever the case may be. I actually wanted him in Jacksonville because from what you read about him, he's a bright mind and he's a guy that could be the next big GM. That being said, he does not need to trade Julio Jones. So before we get into the suitors here, um, what's your opinion on whether or not the Falcons should trade? I know I'm sure you agree with me on this. Like, I don't think it would be a wise move to trade Julio Jones, but what say you on the matter? I 100% agree. Uh, is I mean, I understand if, why the Falcons would do it, but also, I mean, you wouldn't have got this reason. You wouldn't have got Todd Gurley last year. And, you know, to show up the running game, I mean, you lost Devontae Freeman. But, I mean, all your pieces, I mean, you, you just drafted pr probably the most talented guy in the draft, you know, Kyle Pitts. You know, you got weapons all around, Matt Ryan. You know, the problem last year was the defense, not the offense. I mean, of course, Julio – had health issues last year, but I mean, when he was on the field, he was still productive. You know, Calvin, Calvin Ridley might have been taking some of his targets, but you know, you still you got a two or well, you got a three hitter once and now on the on the outside. You know, with, with Pitts in the rotation now, it'll be uh, unless, like you said, unless you can find a hell of a conversation for Julio Jones. Um, and it probably it had to be one. You know, in my opinion, it had to be one of the biggest deals in history. You know, to let somebody like Julio Jones go. Which, which I think is still, if not one, he's the second best receiver in the NFL. So, yeah, I 100% agree with you. They shouldn't trade him. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm with you. And, you you know, you hit the nail on the head with what you said about Kyle Pitts. When they took Kyle Pitts, that signified that uh, they were all in on Matt Ryan. Right. And this is the thing about it. So you can't, at this point, deduct the weapon from Matt Ryan. And another thing people have to account for here, yeah, they got Kyle Pitts, but tight ends, and I've said this, and this is why I'm not a fan of drafting tight ends. Now, Kyle Pitts is an exemption. He's a very talented individual. He's Vernon Davis-like in terms of the production he can give you down the road. Not saying they're the same prospect, but in terms of what he could be production-wise, he's Vernon Davis-like. He has that potential. He's, you know, uh, your George Kittle-like production in the future, Travis Kelsey-like production in the future. And um, the young man, uh, I, oh man, Hayden Hurst, that's his name. Hayden Hurst didn't have a bad season last year from mm -hmm. what I looked at. He had like five, 600 yards and six touchdowns. That's good for a tight end. Uh, but, yeah, what I'm, I'm, I'm digressing from the point. What I'm saying is that move to get Kyle Pitts showed that you want to put Julio, uh, Matt Jones, uh, excuse me, um, Matt Ryan in the best position to succeed with this team. And trading Julio Jones only would hurt that you know that situation and going back to what i was saying about the tight end situation you can't depend on tight ends this is what i was getting at you can't depend on tight ends to have a good first year it just isn't it's rare like they don't have good first years so i mean yeah kyle pitts is a different guy so on and so forth and i understand he has the athleticism but that's why i never like taking tight ends in the first round because you at most you're getting 200 to 300 yards out of them as a rookie you know, and even even that second year, sometimes they, you know, they don't figure it out to that third year. 
Yeah, it, it, it takes him a while. It took Kelsey uh, a couple of seasons. Uh, not, yeah, three took, to four. Yeah, it took Kittle a couple of seasons. It took Darren Waller. I mean, he exploded out of nowhere, but you know he was milling in on practice squads for you mm-hmm. know first couple of, first couple of seasons. So you know it took him till what well two the last, the last two years for him to even uh, skyrocket into the top five. So you know you're right. It, it does take him a while. Right. So like really like I'm not saying discount Kyle Pitts, but really I'm not counting Kyle Pitts being all that effective this year. If anybody could do it, it's him though. But nonetheless, you know, I say keep Julio Jones. You you know, you got Matt Ryan. Uh figure out and like you said, yeah, the reasons they're entertaining this, it, they, obviously they're doing it for a reason, that's salary cap reasons. But as I've said on this podcast, the the salary cap is fake and moldable. Mm-hmm. And I don't think the compensation that you could get, I mean, like, we don't know yet, uh, but chances are a lot of the offers you would get isn't worth fixing your cap, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, or making it better. It's not, you know, their cap isn't broken, so to speak, but, you know, whatever you get, I don't know if it's, you know what I'm saying, worth it, because especially, at which we're going to get into the teams right now, you're looking at teams like, okay, so here's the list that, um, the athletic, I forgot the, uh, I think his name is Schultz, last name Schultz, uh, reported that these are the teams he believes are interested. The Baltimore Ravens, the Colts, uh, the L.A. Chargers, the 49ers, the Raiders, uh, New England, and the Titans. Okay, so with these teams, a lot of these teams you're looking at uh, first round pick in the back half of the, you know, first round anyway. You, you can yeah. say that for sure with Baltimore because mm-hmm. they're, they're routinely in the playoffs. Uh, you can say that with the Colts if, you know, the quarterback situation is okay. And, I mean, hell, they won 10 games last year with Phillip Rivers, so you can't really count the Colts out, especially in our division. Um, our division ain't the strongest either with us and the uh, Texans there. Uh, the L.A. Chargers, who should be a year better. I'm not saying they'll be, like, in the playoffs this year, but they, they definitely will be better um, with how Justin Herbert played. The 49ers, me, you talked about them last week or week before last uh, they didn't belong in the top 10 of the draft order. You know, they injuries got them there. Um, the Raiders, you know, you top 15, 20 pick somewhere. You know, they, they always look like mid pretty much, yeah. which is that's the Raiders for you. New England, we expect them to bounce back. Cam Newton, uh, Mac Jones, whoever they put back there, you can't expect New England to stay down for long. Okay. No. And as me and you said, they won, what, eight games as it was with their quarterback situation. So that tells you enough right there. The Titans – Again, they're in our division, a weak division. They they won it last year. Uh, you know, you can't really count them out to to win no less than nine games. So you're looking at picks twenty and up, basically. Well, on the other side, is half those uh, half those teams are going to have to give up the farm to get Julio, and I'm pretty sure the Ravens ain't going to want to give nothing up that much. I mean, that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's it? Uh, the Colts, the LA Chargers. Patriots ain't going to give up that much. Right. The um, Patriots are known for that, right. by the way. The Patriots are known for busting your head when you ask to trade with them, mm-hmm. but they won't give you the compensation. Right. They, they didn't even have to trade up for Mac Jones, remember? Yeah. They just waited and got him. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I never entertained that either. People's like, oh, the Patriots are trade up in the top 10. I'm like, no, they won't. They'll trade, they'll trade way back before they trade up. They'll get a they'll get hella compensation out of you before they do that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, um, the Raiders, uh, they do they even have the conversation to to acquire Julio? And then I don't know about the Titans. Like, I mean, I I guess they could. The Titans would be the only one who I who I would say will give up the farm because they really don't. I mean, they got AJ Brown, but mm-hmm. they really don't have 
they really don't have that superstar at, at wide receiver, you know. Right, what I mean? right. They really don't have that that pillar on the outside. Right. And um, with Julio Jones in the mix, AJ Brown could be that with yeah. him taking all of the, you know. Yeah. So yeah, that makes sense. Um, I'm with you. Uh, again with the Colts, I I don't like if you Julio like, well I mean like I guess it kind of don't matter where he want to go. Yeah. But it do, at the same time, it kind of does because you want to be fair to him as a GM. You know, right. you don't want to be an asshole about it. So, uh, the Colts, if you're Julio, you this is one of that's probably the team you don't want to go to because you don't know what you're getting into quarterback wise. Mm-hmm. You know, you go into a probably worse quarterback situation. So I would scratch them off. But I love the Chargers, uh, Chargers situation, him and Keenan yes. Allen on the outside and Mike Williams. And Herbert was balling, bro. Mm-hmm. Herbert, rookie of the year, mm-hmm. offensive rookie of the year. Uh, that's a good mix. Yeah. You know, and they have pieces on defense. Um, yeah, if, um, oh boy, what's it? James can stay healthy, Dermot James. Right, right. They got yeah. pieces, you know, they got a better, going back to what me and you were saying, they got a better defensive coordinator. Gus is out because he, you know, Anthony Lynn mm-hmm. is gone and, you know, he was with Anthony Lynn. So Gus is out. Uh, they have a defensive-minded coach. I forget his name, but their head coach came from the charge, uh, the the Rams. I'm sorry, he was the Rams defensive coordinator. Yeah, that's right. Who was one of the better defensive coordinators in football? So they, you know, you you gotta expect them to be better defensively. They could make a big leap. You're right. They could make a big leap uh, with the acquisition of Julio Jones. And um, that, for if you're the Falcons, that's that's probably one of the teams you're looking at of this group. Although I have said like they could probably win ten games this year. But of this group, you're looking at them like, okay, like if it's about getting the highest pick possible, you know what I'm saying, in the draft order, then this is the one we should entertain. Right. You know, so uh, we'll see where it goes. Um, I guess I'll ask you this um, while we're at it. Which of these teams, I mean, I guess this is what we were kind of getting at anyway. Like, which, who do you, if you was a, a odds maker in Vegas, <laughs> right? Who would you give the highest percentage chance to to get him, in your opinion, of these teams that we've named? Like, I don't think it's going to be Baltimore. I just don't see him. Like you said, I don't see them giving giving it up. No. Um. I mean, they gave us a four for Calais Campbell. You know who? I mean, that's I mentioned Calais because Calais is the same age in that kind of same age as Julio. Right. You know. Um. So I don't think it's them. I don't think it's the Colts because of what we just mentioned. I would, yeah, I would probably say the Chargers. Maybe you you can't rule the 49ers out because John Lynch is a. You remember the trade they made with the Bears, wasn't it? That many years ago to get uh, they flipped one spot, and the Bears got Trubisky. Oh, that was them that they. Flipped. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> John Lynch racked up on them boys, bro. <laughs> I've never. And we probably will never see a trade of that magnitude again. Like, just to move up one spot. Like, that's no. historic, bro. So, don't rule out John Lynch. So, yeah, I would say if I rank them, yeah, I'm with you. Titans probably first. I say Chargers maybe yeah. in second place and then 49ers in third place. And then everybody else just after that, you know. I wouldn't put it past the, the Raiders to, to make a move. They do have the – I mean, they, they do have the – uh the capital to do it on there. Yeah, and you make a good point because Mike Mayock is in desperation mode. He right. should be. Yeah. He should. I mean, like, you know, what's this year three for Mike Mayock? And everybody has heard me say Mike Mayock as a draft analyst is one of my favorite draft analysts. But 
Um, for some reason, I looked at his past his, as a GM. It hasn't been all that great. And I was thinking they were doing a lot better draft-wise than um, they were. But I looked at it, I was like, Jesus. Like, Well, they had, I mean, you know, uh, Abrams has been hurt. Uh, Farrell really hasn't been – he really hasn't turned the corner yet. Right. Um, I think uh, – what's the other guy from Clemson who, who caught the touchdown pass? Renfro, he's been okay. He hasn't been – that guy for him. Right. And again, I only think they suspect suspected him to be that guy in the position he was drafted. But uh you know, Carr I mean Darren Waller was a felon, you know, uh was a gift from 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 whoever. <laughs> right, but, right. You know, he kinda of fell into the laps. Uh was it Darren Waller with the Ravens at one point in time? I believe so. Yeah. I'm not On their practice squad, yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Forgive us if we wrong. Let me see I looked that up as you think. But uh continue though. You know they trying to they're still trying to figure out the situation with Derek Carr and uh I don't know, like like that's another thing too like if you Julio do you want to do you trust Derek Carr with some of these other quarterbacks if we being honest like over I mean like even I even I say Herbert you know yeah I trust Herbert over Derek Carr mm-hmm. I mean at this at this position well at this point anyway right and Tannehill in that scheme well if they continue to use that scheme coincidentally the offensive coordinator is in Atlanta now mm. that's their head coach but yeah. Tannehill in that scheme is fine yeah. Yeah. you know Tannehill would be I mean and well Wentz would be last for me would be the um I guess you could put Cam well I don't know it's hard to rank those quarterbacks but right. um. I think he would. Well, he Kim and Cam would be a hell of a duo and pay. And yeah, it ain't that. It's just when, yeah. when me and you said it's the conversation. Yeah, they, yeah, they want to give up right what they need to give up to get Julio. So uh, then again, look though, the Patriots surprised us with their free agency approach. They were spending bands. They spent. I think they spent the most in the league, and that ain't what they do. And I think you know what I'm saying. Sometimes when you when you have an off season like the Patriots did, maybe they just got pissed off and said. Let's just start spending money. Let's try something different. Like, I don't – they hated losing so much it made them start – think about that. The Patriots spent money on two tight ends. Didn't they get, like, Judon and uh, somebody – they got one of the pass rushers, one mm-hmm. of the top pass rushers. They led – yeah, if I can recall, they led even more – they spent more money in free agency than us. And we, we led the league in cap space. But, it, you know, for us, I guess it's a matter of people want to play in Jacksonville. So you mm. got to deal with that issue. But um, how, how did they get Randy? Was it a trade or did they sign him in free agency? Uh, Randy, who? Moss, Moss. Moss, Moss. Yeah, that was a that was a trade, I think. No, no, they might have just signed him. Mm. They might have signed him. I don't know. I can't remember. That's so long ago. That was one of the best offenses ever. <laughs> that I've ever. And I hate to say that, but that was one of the best offenses I've ever seen. Yeah, to the Super Bowl. Yeah, to your boys got uh-huh. and I want me some money that uh that game too. So I, I want a, a good significant amount of money, by the way. Uh, you know, maybe somebody you know, people would have called it a stupid gamble to gamble against the almost undefeated Patriots team at that point, but hey, you know, you gotta risk it to get the biscuit. And I appreciate your giants. I knew it was hot when we almost beat them in week sixteen and we Right. Yeah. Yeah. So Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that was interesting talk on Julio, man. We'll see how it goes uh, if he gets traded this week, if he gets traded next week, whatever the case may be. We'll see. We'll be monitoring it. Uh, definitely one of the most interesting topics at hand that's going on in the NFL. That said, we're going to move into part two of this podcast. 
Uh, and as I said, we're going to discuss our top three favorite players um, in that, that played on the collegiate level of the last 25 years, at least. And these are personal favorites. We're not saying these guys are the best or, you know, whatever the case may be. This is a personal favorite list. So I'm going to let Josh start it off um, and um, have the floor on this. All right, so, well, I got more than three. I don't know how many you got. Um, it was hard for me to pick. Um, so I'm just going to run through them. You know, I ain't got to go. You want to do them all in one time? Or? Yeah, I mean, you can go through all of them and just give you, like, a brief sentence or two on, you know, who, what, when, where, why, you know. Yeah. Which one do we have? We got Cam, right, on both of us, or was it? Yeah, yeah, definitely yeah. Cam. I, I'll speak on that after, you know, okay. you say what you want to say. All right, so Cam is uh is on both of our lists. He's number one. Um, well, he's on number one on my list. I don't know about yours, but um, the season Cam had from the um, – I can't remember the game. I can't remember who they played the second game. where He just – he took over in the fourth quarter. Um, he instantly became a, a national sensation overnight to the whole scandal with him getting uh, quote-unquote paid, whether it's how much – Either he got paid or his father got paid for the, you know, for his services to the comeback against Alabama to the, I mean, the undefeated season, the Heisman Trophy, the classic game against Oregon in the Fiesta Bowl. I mean, I mean, I, you couldn't paint a more per, uh, perfect season by uh, for one season, for one year by a, a quarterback where he came from. Right. I mean, the guy, if you know Cam's history, you know, he played behind Tebow. Um you know, left Florida, went to should have stayed. I mean, not not that it's his fault. He should have been Florida's quarterback at the Tebow. Yeah, you know, I'm not saying that it's his that it is. Whoever you want to blame on that, but the bottom line is like, you know, just imagine Cam Newton. Oh yeah, if he stayed right. at Florida, that's yeah. what I'm getting at. Um, and then he went to was it Blinn, Texas? If I'm not mistaken, I mean that the name of it. Or junior college, I um, think so. Yeah, and this is one season that yeah. Cam played too, right? One like season, I'm talking one, about in, in yeah, junior college. Yeah, no, um, I'm talking about like when he was with Auburn. He they yeah, just one, had one yeah, season yeah, to go one off season. for. Yeah, because he had because he went to junior college and he won the national championship there. Then he came back and went to Auburn. Did the same thing. Went thirteen and all, if I'm not mistaken, uh, and beat a hell of an Oregon team who had Michael James and the. Quarterback's name is uh, escaping me now. But it wasn't Dennis Dixon, was it? No, nah, that, that, that was that was that was like a couple of years before. That was when <laughs> it's crazy. I can uh, I can remember Oregon teams by their uniforms because Dennis <laughs> Dixon played when they had the uh, the steel grates on their shoulders. Okay, yeah, and then this this is like the new Oregon. Remember, because Oregon they wore those uh, highlighter. Uh, they wore those white jerseys with the highlighter around the number. Yeah, I remember that now. Yeah, yeah, socks and all that. Um, I can't remember the dudes. Uh, the thousands of Oregon uniform combinations. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah Cam, he had one of the, I, I guess, perfect uh, NCAA uh, seasons, in my opinion. Um, the second one is a is a combo. And I think I don't, you'll probably remember these two guys. They uh, Well, they, the reason I put both of them is because they worked so well as a tandem together. And they revolutionized the spread offense and – in college football, and that's Pat White and Steve Slayton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh boy, the West Virginia tandem. Boy. Uh -huh. Yeah, I remember. I that. remember. Uh, I think they played 
they played Georgia and they gave they played Georgia in the Sugar Bowl mm-hmm. and they gave them a rim for their money. Yep. You know, they they put up like forty points or something like that. But these guys, all the stuff you see now, the RPOs, the <laughs> they they was the beginning of uh-huh, that. Bro. The RP Rich shout out to Rich Rodriguez, man. Yeah, um, yeah. The the RPOs, the quick screens, the the shovel passes, the read outs and the zone plays, all that stuff you see that's normal. Mm-hmm. Boy, that's staples of the NFL now. Yeah. All that's, that, yep. All that stuff staples. you see now. It started with these two guys. Jet sweeps. Mm-hmm. It you started know. with these two guys. The pat back to the quarterback. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were doing it all, bro. <laughs> I think they might have even pulled out the Statue of Liberty one time, uh-huh. bro. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah, man. They were, uh, I guess, pioneers of th- this whole thing with the how, how offense is so wide open now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Pat White and Steve Slate, and they started the – I remember – uh, was it NCAA? Oh, gotta be 05, right? 05, something like that. 06, because the next one's a Noel Devine, but I can't remember uh, who the quarterback was. But remember, Noel Devine was, had that monster game against Texas where he had like 400. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yards. Some yeah. asinine type yeah. of stats he had. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Pat, Whites and, Pat White and Steve Slayton, they're originators, man. Um, that's why I got them on my list. The next one. Is a uh, Megatron Calvin Johnson. Uh, now I know a lot of people they remember the his highlights from uh, Detroit, but the two years, maybe three years that Calvin Johnson had at Georgia Tech, uh, the, the greatest seasons I ever seen by wide receiver in college. I mean, not only the yards he was making, um, or racking up or the the uh, touchdowns, but some of these catches he was making was 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 unbelievable. The dude was six five, and you know he was. He had the OBJ catch, if I remember correctly, before OBJ had it. I mean, he was there was there was there was his catch radius was, I guess, from hash mark to hash mark. <laughs> <laughs> like it wasn't like no, just yeah, it wasn't it wasn't like, just, like old boy said about Nook Hawk is just throw it over there. Fuck it, I seen Nook over there. Yeah, you down, you down there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> that was Megatron. Yeah, man. He uh, Calvin Johnson was just. You just sit. You just sit there and watch it. I remember Thursday night against Miami. This is how I know. This is how I remember this game because it was a. Remember that season? Well, it was like I think Florida had them, Virginia Tech had them, and Miami had them. We had those one sleeve uh, jerseys. They had like the orange thing on the uh, on, on one one sleeve. Like the no, like the jersey was normal, but like mm-hmm. one sleeve was orange and one sleeve was uh, the, like the normal color. I'm trying. I do remember the Nike Pro. Yeah. The Nike Pro things. They used to be one of one. Like I had one. It was one side was red and the other side was navy blue. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. Was, you talking about like the Under Armour? Right, right. right. Yeah, yeah, but those came from like those were the um, those came from the jerseys. Like they they first okay. Started, that's they, what that's what it originated. Yeah, from. that's when okay. they first started. Like this is before the Pro Combat. Like right, right, when, right. Um, yeah. See, see, we was the originators of that <laughs> Under Armour and stuff. Yeah. I just thought about that, yeah. bro. Like we brought all of the the um. The the uh eye black with the with the numbers on it, uh-huh. <laughs> bro. Took that to the next level. The visors, all, all the stuff these kids doing out. Except for I get them credit for the face mask. They got crazy with the face mask. Yeah. Like they got designs in them. And, like they helmets look nothing like they did when we were wearing them. But aside right. from bro, the arm sleeves, mm-hmm. the towels, the the how you wear your shoulder pads, the eye blacks. You know, like we we was already on it, bro. Like the pro combat uniforms, like Nike started that for us. Uh-huh. You know, 
The spats. Oh, yeah, the spats, the, the multiple <laughs> armbands, all that stuff. Yeah, bro, we, um, bro, we tried it all, bro. <laughs> I remember going to Josh Locker. Um, hey, bro, you got some eye blacks, man? <laughs> yeah, bro, you got some. Uh, you got some white out. <laughs> you know I do, bro. What's up, man? Then, then it turned into a thing like where everybody was coming for Josh, to Josh for the eye blacks, and everybody was coming to me for the pen uh-huh. when they saw us doing it, which was, you know, that that was some back of the day stuff, man. Good uh-huh. times, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> uh, I remember. Uh, I think we played my role or something like that. Uh, I brought out, I brought the red tape to the to you. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> putting it on. Yes, sir. Damn, I ran out already. Yeah, I yeah. had to bring it next time. I brought like five, six rolls of a man. Yeah, those are good times. Man. Yeah, yeah. I had somebody brought black tape one time. I don't know. Don't ask me why I wore the black tape, but I yeah, it was probably me. Yeah, <laughs> I was the only one buying it. Right, um, right, right. Uh, they just oh. wouldn't let us get the wrist coaches going. That was the only thing, man. Yeah. Uh, oh, back to this. Um, Calvin Johnson. Uh, I remember Thursday night game. Uh, Georgia Tech versus Miami, and I, uh, <laughs> I don't know how to explain the catch, but the dude went parallel to the ground to dive out for a, a ball to get to get the first down. Like num- Miami was number three at the time, I remember because I was now I was not taking Georgia Tech seriously because you know <laughs> yeah. it, I mean that Georgia Tech right right. right. But, As a Georgia fan, I can't even I can't <laughs> even you know what I'm saying like I yeah. can't even say nothing man because yeah. I do it all the time, bro. Yeah. No disrespect to Georgia Tech, but. I mean, it ain't know. a rivalry till they start winning. That's that's the same. Yeah. It ain't a rivalry till they start winning. Yeah, you know. So yeah, I mean, we both got a reason. I mean, they, I mean, they beat us occasionally, but I can't. Mark Ritt never lost to Georgia Tech, right? That was only, what was it? He never lost to Georgia Tech at home, something like that. Yeah, right? at home, I believe yeah. I, he might have lost to him like once. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, this guy was, um, like I said, he was probably the greatest receiver I've ever seen in terms of catch radius and the 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 acrobatic catches he was making. Next on my list is I mean, there's so many players from Miami that I could have cho- chose any one of them, but my favorite is Devin Hester. And <laughs> my favorite saying and some of the announcers started saying it in the pros, but when Devin Hester will come on the field for punt returns or kick returns, I always say, hey, whatever you do, just don't kick it to him. And as soon as he caught the ball, I was like, ah, damn, they kicked it to him. And he, <laughs> every 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 time Miami needed a big play, he came through. Whether it be uh, against Louisville, we were down 31-3, and the guy took back uh, two kick two kick returns and a punt return to get, <laughs> take it, get his back in the game to uh, open the night against Florida, where he <laughs> where he told everybody he was going to take the he told everybody he was going to take the kick return back to the kick return back. It took off his helmet, damn it, threw it in the crowd. <laughs> he, was, he was so like, he was he so, was all kind of disrespectful, yeah, with him, bro. <laughs> yeah, the boy didn't care to to the to uh, us playing against Duke in uh, a noon game, and the dude he ran around Duke's players like three times before he went up the field. Like the dude was just uh, that's the kind of disrespect I'm here for. <laughs> <laughs> like he he was just doing what he wanted to out there. Like I mean, you know. With the, how the leads gotten now, they don't let you have no fun. Like to see, that's what I was. We was all about that, uh-huh. you know what I'm saying. But I guess that's why it got out of hand. It was like, okay, y'all, y'all getting a little, mm-hmm. <laughs> y'all getting a little bad with this, man. And my last one for now is Darren McFadden. Um, his nickname is Run DMC. This guy did everything for Arkansas. Um, whether he be quarterback, running back, 
I think the Wildcat started in Arkansas, didn't it? Or did it start at Auburn with Ronnie Ronnie Brown? Uh, and, uh, it, I think it definitely didn't start in Auburn. I'll say that. Like, I think, like, people had showed shades of it, like, glimpses before yeah. Auburn. But it was only, like, once a game type right. of thing. Yeah. And then, yeah. But yeah. So, it might have been Arkansas. Yeah, McFadden just took off with it. Uh, he, I mean, he wasn't that effective. I mean, in the pros with it, but uh, what he was doing for Arkansas, I think he led him to. Then they only lost one game in season season like that. He upset LSU. Um, I mean, the guy was a. I don't know how to describe it. Like, cause he's, I would say Reggie Bush, but Reggie Bush didn't throw the ball. Like he wasn't up on the center. Right. Like it's 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 hard to put McFadden in the category of what he was doing. Um, right, he a class of his own. Yeah. So I mean, that's my. I know you said three, but I had like five, and then I got one more. But I'll let you go ahead. Yeah. So yeah, the one we got in common is Cam Newton. I mean, uh, again, going back to what I was saying, like you know, I, I've studied Atlanta prospects extensively, and um, you know, just what he did at Auburn, it, albeit like Josh, uh, me and Josh came to the conclusion of it was just one season. Uh, if he had stayed in, uh, you know, in in uh, with, with Auburn for however many years, he would have been eligible to stay with them. Uh, if he would have been, I, I don't, yeah, I don't think he was a senior. But if he would have stayed in Auburn and had like two or three more seasons like that, like we're talking about one of the best collegiate players ever, you know, like because that, what he was doing was unheard of. Uh, but it was even more so what Cam was as a prospect. You know, we had saw the days of Michael Vick, but we never had seen a kid the size of a linebacker. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. A 250, 245 pounder, whatever you want to say, six. Uh, what, what is he? Six, 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 five. Six, five. Yeah. So, you know, like that was unheard of, you know, and that's why, you know, a lot of people, you saw the Mel Kuypers of the world, Todd McShays of the world, uh, you know, putting him at the number at that number one spot, despite it being one season. The big thing then was the Panthers have a big decision to make because this kid only has one year worth of film. That was the big thing about it. Mm -hmm. That was a big deal that was made about it back then. Uh, And I think that was right around when I – yeah, that's probably when I first started studying the draft, so I can recall that. Uh, But nonetheless, they uh, made the decision. They took him. They had Jimmy Clausen at the time, right? Like They they were trying to make a decision whether or not they even – It might have been. Yeah, because they had Jimmy Clausen already. Yeah, it might have been. Who uh one of the biggest busts of all time. And uh I was one of the people on the way. <laughs> so that's a little nugget I'll share with y'all. I was a but see I ain't know no better then, you know what yeah. I'm saying? I know <laughs> I know better now. Uh but yeah. So yeah, they uh they took Cam Newton and um he gave them great years at Carolina as well. But we're talking about Cam Newton as a Auburn pros- prospect. Mm-hmm. Ahead of his time, nothing that we had ever seen before, the height, weight, speed, athleticism, uh eons ahead of his time now that's literally what people look for and that's like literally how he pretty much molded how you build a perfect quarterback as an athletic specimen now you see the six five guys like trevor lawrence that can run like you it's almost opposite. it's you rarely see a six five quarterback that can't run now right. because you know a co- uh, coaches simply ain't putting them if you can't run and you ain't six five coaches ain't putting you in the offense you know if you if you were one of the elite teams you know you know some teams you know have shorter quarterbacks and you know lamar jackson's and so on and so forth but uh yeah like you see that a lot with the top tier teams in college is six five guys that can run 
and uh Cam Newton pretty much it feel like Cam Newton started it, but um I digress from the point. So Cam Newton, uh another one I got on my list was Charles Woodson. He's the last, if I can recall, I might be off on this, the last defensive player to win the Heisman. He's the only one. The only one. Okay, so historic in that element. I mean, you look at his film and you can understand why. Like yeah. he was just I mean, like if you ever wanted to build the perfect defensive back in college, uh, that's definitely a guy that you weren't throwing at back in the day, man. Like you avoid that guy at all costs. Like he was, you know, what what we've grown to see out of Richard Sherman when he was with the Seahawks and Darrell Reeves when he was with the Jets. Like he was that in college for Michigan. And my third one I have is Todd Gurley. Mm -hmm. And you talked about this. Todd Gurley kind of like Cam Newton, revolutionary type of, uh, running back now he wasn't like the first of his kind necessarily uh but the man returned kicks you know had four three speed had the size had the height had the weight and, and that was the thing like for me I had seen that done before right with Maurice Jones Drew kick returner four three speed but Maurice Jones Drew was not you know above six feet Mm -hmm. we're talking about a six foot young man here who maybe six one or whatever the case may be over six feet maybe that uh you know just did some unreal things during his time in georgia i mean like the literally the georgia could tie girly weight uh their way through teams they could like they could literally just put the team on his back mm -hmm. and let him win games for them and you know it's rare that you see players especially on the sec level with sec defenses it's rare that you could just find a guy and say, hey, you know, the rest of the offense ain't clicking. Get it going for us. Hell, you know what? No, as a matter of fact, just put the team on your back and win this for us. You know, like, so that was Ty Gurley for you. And, um, I, you know, I wish his career would have, in, in terms of the NFL at least, would have uh, been better more towards his 30s as well because, like, he's just a guy that, like, I, I thought that would be – I mean – it to his credit, when he was that guy in the NFL, he was that guy. Yeah, you know. But you know, with it, you know how the NFL is modern day wise. You know, like running backs just don't last that long. But I was glad to see him do what he did while he did it, and it was quite impressive. So I got um Megatron as like an honorable mention on here, as you said. I mean, you pretty much hit it on the head. The the other guy, guy, <laughs> when you said Miami guys, this is before that that timeline though. But this is a, a special player in my eyes michael irving mm -hmm. um so I, I just i ain't gonna say too much about him because again he's past that timeline we said but i mean like you know he's a distant relative of ours and not just that though man like he was like when he played for miami like he was like a legit baller man like well, didn't he play for uh it was jimmy johnson yeah yeah he played for jimmy johnson and um you know like it's just fun like Sometimes I know on, I think it was the Sun Network, which me and you talked about. It's called Bally Sports now, but the Fox Sports Network, mm -hmm. one of them was called the Sun Network every now and then. You could catch an old Miami game on there. You could catch an old Florida Gators game on there. And I, w I would watch Michael Irvin and would just be just fascinated about it. I mean, we both were former receivers, so I guess that had something to do with it too. But, um, yeah, he was just so fun to watch as a player, you know. And there's so many, you, you could – rattle off a whole list of Miami players, but um, he was one that, you know, that always stood out to me despite not being a Miami fan. Yeah. Um, gee, you took it back with Michael Irvin. Uh, I guess my last one, I, I noticed I don't have a lot of defensive players. I got to think about it, but 
Uh, my last one is RG three. Um, with the season he had at Baylor was yeah, he was fun. Yeah, was just I mean, it was a was a yeah, he was fun as hell to watch. Yeah, I remember that draft because I was I remember that team because I was so high on Kendall Wright, mm-hmm. his receiver, the deep three. I thought he was gonna be so much more than what he was. Uh, but RG three, I mean, make no mistake about it, man. Like, uh, Ken, uh, take Kendall right out of the equation. RG three was still balling though, mm-hmm. man. Like he 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 held that offense down, man. I don't know if we got any. Def- Do I have any defensive players? I- Tao was fun to watch. You know, um, you know, take the scandal out. Um, uh, Tao was fun to watch. Uh, God, it's- I mentioned Champ Bailey off there. Uh, yeah, you know you're a fan of Georgia. You, I think he was like one. Of, I mean, Darren Woodson was, was well, not Darren Woodson, Charles Woodson. Mm-hmm. Was, I know uh, what you mean. <laughs> was before him, but you know, Champ Bailey was was that guy for Georgia. Mm-hmm. Where he was a uh, shut down corner, and, and you know he was taking punts and kicks back. Yeah, had Kirby Smart behind him back there at safety. <laughs> <laughs> who can't find a who can't figure out the quarterback position to mm-hmm. save his life. <laughs> Uh, I mean, um, JT Daniels is pretty fire. I give that. Yeah. Um, you said Donovan Sue. Uh, Jadavian Clowney was. Uh, the, he was a highlight reel. Yeah. He was a highlight. Yeah. So I mean, I can see that. Um, he was fun to watch defensively. I'm trying, I'm trying to go back through. Oh, the one I said, Miles Jack, man. Yeah, Miles Jack. The he came there as a running back. Yeah. Was effective as a running back. And they're like, you know what? We need you on the defensive side. And they convert him to the defensive side. And he played a lot of positions. Again, like people have seen me mention this on the timeline. When he went out there and played corner against Nelson Aguilar and told the coaches, I got it. Uh, don't worry. They were, they were legit trying to send him help out. They was like, nah, like I got this. Like, and this ain't a knock on Nelson Aguilar, but mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like, that was just phenomenal to me, man. Like, this kid played running back, linebacker, cornerback, and he probably played some other positions <laughs> as well, bro. Uh Oh, Honey Badger. Yes. Yeah, Tyron yeah. Matthew. Yeah, you got it. Even though he beat the – he was a thorn in the Bulldog's foot as, as a punt returner to – wait, I think he was a punt returner now I think about it. Like, he returned some kind of – Yeah, you turned – you were taking it – yeah, he took yeah. it back against – uh. That was when y'all played. That was when y'all played LSU the championship, right? yeah, yeah, championship game, uh, the SEC championship. Yeah, and it was like when they tied or something like that. It was a close game. And he took that point all. He, t- he took it all the way back, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he scored, man. Like yeah, bro. Like he was just not just that. I remember that game because he was all over the field defensively. Yeah. It was like what, regardless of what unit was on the field except for our defense, <laughs> he was making plays. You know, like obviously he wouldn't be on offense, but defensively special teams like dude like just like i just at that time i was like i wish you would just go away man like <laughs> go get drafted or something you know like just go man yeah um i'm trying to think i'm trying to go outside the other south because there's so many you know in florida and georgia and maybe us usc taylor mays i guess i don't know if you remember him the safety uh from you yeah i remember him um i had somebody in mind from that actual same team too ray maluga oh yeah i was thinking about him too yeah, yeah. he was phenomenal i mean he went i don't think he really translated on the nfl level but didn't, didn't him and uh was it clay matthews brother that played they played side by side was it or was it 
Uh, I can't know Clay Matthews. Clay Matthews Clay himself Matthews. played with him, didn't he? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about his brother who played for Oregon. Right, uh, yeah. Clay Matthews played alongside. It was that team was loaded. It was Mauga, Matthews, uh, Mays. It was. It's another defensive back or, or um, defensive player I might be missing there. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, we digress from the point. Um, yeah, this one ended up being a short one. But you got any closing remarks that you um, wanted to? Uh, speak upon or anything that you uh that that crossed your mind in terms of other NFL news that we didn't cover. No, other than you know, uh, you know, Tebow officially got signed. I guess there's nothing else to <laughs> you know really talk about. Yeah, so. yeah, he uh wearing the number eighty five. Yeah, got his gloves on coming out the locker room, bro. Don't put the gloves on until you get on the field, man. What what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Um, but yeah, he's he's in Jacksonville and uh. He, I guess, I think they got like five tight ends on the roster right now. So we'll see. Me and Vez talked about this like in the text, but um, you know, like you, you would think like at this point now he might have like around a thirty-five percent chance to get on the team because of the relationship with Urban Meyer. But again, like I, at this point, like it's more so like you were saying last week. We're just eager to see. Yeah. Or we we want to see what he looked like. You know, like why is this guy on the team? Like, can we get a visual of some sort? Or, you know, like maybe not saying a player would say anything, but, you know, with the way NFL players are today, maybe somebody might blurt out, hey, he looked like ass on the practice field. <laughs> I mean, like they're they so free-minded these days. Yeah. And you got social media and Twitter. You, you never know. But yeah. we'll see when we monitor that situation. And um, time will tell how that goes. But, yeah, that being said, this is episode three of season two of the Back Show to Fade. I am James Johnson. You can follow me at sportsgrind underscore done. You can follow Josh at Johnny Assassin on Twitter as well. And feel free uh, to uh, send us your thoughts. Um, like, comment, subscribe on the podcast as well. And um, until next time, we are signing out. <laughs>